Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Wednesday, um, January 18, 2023, and this is day 1764 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we honor you and glorify you and praise you. Thank you, Lord, for opening up the windows of heaven and pouring out so much of a blessing that we don't have room to contain it all as we obey you and do your will. I thank you, Father, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, my Lord, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in and good morning to you. Today's message is leave doom and gloom behind. That is not what God created for us. He didn't create gloom for us or doom for us. So we need to let them go, shake it off in the power of the Holy Spirit and let his love and mercy and grace and joy fill our hearts. Now, I know it can be hard sometimes, but God is saying, I'm there for you. You know, take that time out to mourn and take that time out to rejoice with others, but make sure that we're also doing self-care according to God's will for our lives. So we're going to be coming out of 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 through 13, and then we're going to go into Ephesians 2. Uh, verses 8. But let's start at 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1. This was after David was made king, and uh, there were some things he wanted to get done. Uh, it says, um, David asked, Is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? So Jonathan was Saul's son. Even though Saul could not stand David, he was jealous of him and tried to kill him. He did not, but but Saul and Jonathan ended up being killed. They died because of the evil that Saul was doing to David. And Jonathan and David were very good friends. So in verse 2, it says, now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David And uh, the king said to him, Are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. The king asked, Is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, He is in the house of Makur, son of Emil, in Lodabar. In Lodabar. We'll talk more about Lodabar in just a moment. So King David had him brought from Lodabar, from the house of Makar, son of Emil. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth, At your service, he replied. He says, don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. 
I will restore to you all the, the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will always eat at my table. It's interesting how David is doing it for the sake of Jonathan. And many times, you know, think about it when uh, you have been, I remember my um, husband's father uh, was in uh, the war. I'm, I'm not sure which war he was in. I think Second World War, uh, my husband's father was in. And um, he became good friends with another gentleman. And when they got out, that other gentleman became a lawyer. And uh, anytime the family had any issues, because the the lawyer, uh, my my father-in-law did helped him or did something, and he, he always remembered that. And he said, I will be there for you. And uh, when he got out, when they got out of the war and he became started his law practice, uh, after my uh, father-in-law had even passed on, he transitioned on, uh, died, uh, my husband needed help and or his son, other son needed help. And they were able to call on that lawyer. Sharky was his name and he helped them. He said, because of your father, because of what your father did for me, I'll always be there to help you all. And, and that is exactly what he did. And that's what <clears throat> this reminds me of. So when we look at Second um, Samuel chapter 4, it tells you what happened to Mephibosheth. In chapter 4, starting at verse 4, it says, Jonathan, son of Saul, had a son who was lame in both feet. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel, that they were dead, basically, that that news came to them. His nurse picked him up and fled, but as she hurried to leave, he fell and became disabled. His name was Mephibosheth. So that's what happened to him. That's what, at five years old, the nurse either dropped him or he somehow fell from her arms. Verse 8, back to Second Samuel chapter 9. Verse 8 says, Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? To call himself a dead dog, you can tell he was in that mode of just you know, not feeling good about who he was, suffering. Lodabar was not a good place to live in. He had been there for seven years. They said he was about 12 years old at this time. Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your son's servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for him. For, I mean, so your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. That's powerful to have that many sons and that many servants. Then Ziba said to the king, your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Wow. And Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah or Micah. And all the members of Ziba's household were servants of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. He was lame in both feet. 
And it's as if to say, you know what? Even with that, he was blessed. Wow, powerful. Point number one. Have you ever felt hopeless? No matter what you did, you just couldn't seem to get out of the rut. Every time you plan to do better, something happens to set you back. That's where Mephibosheth lived. Due to no choice of his own, his father Jonathan and grandfather Saul were both killed in a town called Lodabar. He was five years old as his nurse was trying to protect Mephibosheth, running and carrying him, she dropped him, and he became crippled for life. They lived in Lodabar, which is considered the ghetto town in biblical times. Um, Debir, part of the word Lodabar, Debir, means no pasture, no word, or no communication. It means, what I get from that, it means dry, parched, uh, It was a town of forgotten people, the lost, the unskilled, uneducated, outcast from society. It was a dry, parched, and crummy place to live. It was like gloom and doom existence. Yeah, I remember that. I even remember the ghettos uh, here in Kansas City down on 12th Street. Uh, The projects is what it was called, and they were tall uh, buildings and... uh, it was it was not nice, and I was happy when they tore those down and and uh, came up with a different way of making affordable housing. Point number two, although we may not physically live in a place like Lodabar, maybe um, uh, we live in it in a in a spiritually uh, place of Lodabar because we have not accepted the gift of salvation from God the Father through his only son, Jesus Christ. Living in Lodabar spiritually separates us from God. Now, I'm going to go over to um, Ephesians chapter 2 to read that to you, just to talk about the gift of God real quick. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. And uh, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. So you can't earn it because if you did, you'd go around many of us, not you, but you know, many would go around bragging. Look what I got. Look what I did. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So he's given us the gift of salvation so that now we can go forth and do the great works that he's given us to do. You can have great wealth, education, homes all over the world, a wonderful family, and still feel empty, hopeless, um, destitute, because, um, you know, you still feel empty uh, because of hopelessness and uh, you don't have, uh, because you don't have Jesus in your life. Jesus came to deliver us from the desolate place of doom and gloom and to bless us with life more abundantly. It's up to us to receive the invitation just as Mephibosheth did from David. He received the invitation to come to sit at the king's table every single day. And that is exactly 
the scepter, I see the scepter that God has extended out to each and every one of us. And it's up to us to reach our hand out and receive it so that we can enter into the king's palace. <laughs> I remember when my mother was raising the five of us alone. Her and my father divorced when I was seven. I'm the oldest of five. Actually, I'm the oldest of seven. <laughs> my two younger sisters, uh, you know, who live in North Carolina. And uh, when my father remarried uh, to my stepmom, they had two more beautiful children who I love. My sisters and I get along, although, you know, my father was estranged from us and he did not really spend time with us and he did not send us uh, financial support. So it was really uh, tough. Um, you know, my mom, when they divorced, we immediately were thrown into poverty. We stayed with my grandmother for several years and then we moved into our own place, but it was always a struggle. Uh, I don't recall a time when it wasn't a struggle. It was just always a life of struggling. And um, for five years, uh, I'm sorry, not for five years, uh, for several years, um, it, no, I was going to say she worked two jobs most of our lives. So it was really hard, uh, but we still had laughter, fun, you know, joyous times. And the thing was, we didn't know Jesus either as our savior. Uh, but my prayers were always that my mother would meet someone that would just love her unconditionally, that would take care of her, you know, give her a time to rest and just enjoy life. And later in life, after we were all grown and gone, uh, I would imagine my mom was probably in her late 40s, and uh, she met my stepdad, Fred, Frederick, and uh, they married. And uh, he, the first thing, or one of the first things he did, I don't know if it was the exact first thing, but he bought her something that she had always wanted, and that was a convertible car. <laughs> and she was so happy. They were just the happiest little couple you could ever meet. I mean, and they dressed alike. They went to church together. He was in church and he shared the word of God with her and taught her the word of God. And and she was already saved, but not rooted in the Lord. The Lord was not God. Jesus was not Lord of her life yet. Let's put it like that. And that's what he did when he came into the picture. And so much so that God led them both to start a church and they started out of their home and had service in their home for many years. And, and then God blessed them with a building. And uh, they started having service there for over, it's been over um, 17 years now uh, in that building on 21st and Prospect. Um, my stepdad passed away. And uh, before he did, uh, he anointed me uh, before he left to be a pastor. And uh, it was just amazing how all of that happened. And then my mom and I uh, continued uh, doing church and outreach. I was there for 14 years. But um, it was, you know, and then the Lord moved me on. But it, it was amazing to see how God blessed my mother after all those years. Uh, but the best gift of all that my stepdad gave my mother was Jesus Christ was him fully and sharing the word with her and teaching her and and her understanding what it was like or what it's like to walk for the Lord, to walk in Christ, to, to be one of his servants, a vessel of God. And we were able to do 
all the things God had put out for us to do. Uh, They're doing outreach, serving the people in the community, people on the streets, people on drugs, people. Many, many souls were delivered and set free. And many accepted Jesus as their Savior. And I'm so grateful that God allowed me the opportunity to be a part of that and to see this all roll out before my eyes, to see him work that out, you know, and to bless my mother, uh, to bless us as we were coming up, even though we didn't know him yet. And that's what God is saying to all of us, that he did not intend for us to live in a place of lack, uh, mentally, physically, or spiritually. That was not his plan for us. Uh, We will go through rough times in life, but we don't need to stay there. Um, In Psalms 23, it talks about how we go through the valley of the shadow of death. We don't live there. And we need to remember that, that we're going through and we're going to come out of it. And we come out of it because Jesus is with us. He will restore us. He will give us life and give us that even more abundantly. He said, I am the way the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father except through me, Jesus says. So if you don't know Jesus, this is your day. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is the ultimate, to be with Jesus for eternity. <clears throat> you know, and the other, the, the other option is hell for eternity. There's only one of two places, y'all. There is no middle ground with the Lord. Jesus said, I will puke you up out of my mouth if you choose to be in the middle, to be lukewarm. He said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. He loves us so much. He's waiting on each and every one of us. But time is running short. And any day, the next greatest event that is to take place uh, in in the history uh, is uh, the rapture. Uh, The saints being caught up to be with Jesus And then begins the seven-year tribulation. Oh, I love you all so very much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. And don't forget to to join us tonight for Life Talk. I always forget to say that, but on Wednesday nights, uh, 6.30 to 7.30, you won't be sorry. My sister Jill will be sharing uh, about uh, the courts of heaven, and we are excited about learning more about that. Please check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Ministries. J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S, ministries.org. Check out the messages and the link to the Zoom Bible study is there. Uh, And also check us out on tzonekc.org to learn more about what we're doing in the community, teaching our youth life skills, workforce skills, entrepreneurship development, peer mediation skills, and human and sex trafficking awareness. We are so grateful for that opportunity, and we're grateful to you for your support. Please push the donate button and uh, put donate whatever God puts on your heart. We are very appreciative to you. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.